Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Twins fall in the Grapefruit League at Atlanta's training facility, 8-6. to six. Twins on the radio again tomorrow at high noon. They'll play the Red Sox. Corey Provis, Dan Gladden with all the play-by-play. But our sports coverage gets started at 10 a.m. with the huddle. Mike Max, Pete Najarian, then the Twins and the Red Sox at noon today. Quick update, NCAA men's hockey. UMD in Denver now in the third, still tied at one. Later, Minnesota State takes on Notre Dame. Uh, the winner is today on to the Frozen Four. Gophers play tomorrow. They will take on Western Michigan in Massachusetts. And number one, Michigan will battle Quinnipiac. Once again, the winner's there onto the Frozen Four in April in Boston. Underway at Target Center, 3A title game. De La Salle and Totino Grace. Earlier in Class A, Hayfield beat Belgrade Brutnell Rose, so 51-49. to Terrific game. And in 2A, Annandale. Knocks off Minneapolis North 60-49 to later tonight at 8. Number one Park Center takes on defending champ Wyzetta in the 4A championship game at Target Center. NCAA men's hoops. Number five Houston battles number two Villanova. And that game in San Antonio. And then uh, tonight in San Francisco, number four Arkansas, number two Duke. Can Coach K get to a Final Four? We'll find out tonight. And then the other two games tomorrow, featuring number 10 Miami against number 1 Kansas in Chicago, and then number 15 St. Peter's. The first number 15 to get to the Elite Eight, they play number 8 North Carolina. How about that? Speaking of hoops, Cal Soderquist joins us uh, from the Timberwolves Radio Network. You hear him pregame, halftime, postgame show, uh, and weeknights. He hands it off to Henry Lake and Timberwolves tonight. And Cal, good enough to join us. And a big win for the Timberwolves on Friday night, beating the Dallas Mavericks, uh, wrapping up what was a pretty tough week of games. And, and it really doesn't get a whole lot easier for the Timberwolves, but a fun night and a big win over the Mavs. Yeah, certainly. I think an important win, too, because like you mentioned, you know, the gauntlet kind of continues. You could argue it it started last weekend at home against the Milwaukee Bucks. Now that the Wolves maybe caught a bit of a break with, with Giannis missing that game, um, but still plenty of talent on that roster. And then it continued with, you know, matchups against the, the Mavericks twice, the Suns in the middle of the week at the target center. 
and now the Wolves head out on the road, um, and it's it's the red-hot Boston Celtics coming up tomorrow. They're maybe the hottest team in the league right now, you could argue. Uh, then you got the the Toronto Raptors, the Denver Nuggets. I mean, this is the Wolves are smack dab in the middle of a stretch that will really test them uh, night in and night out. Yeah, and why not at this point? Because uh, the Timberwolves are going to be in the postseason, still that chance to get into the top six. There, There is a tremendous amount to play for. And I think they learned a lot in that game against Phoenix on Wednesday night. And, you know, the Suns are, are the gold standard, in my opinion, in the NBA's Western Conference. The record doesn't lie. And the Timberwolves and Suns are right there. And then the Timberwolves... Uh, kind of fell behind, and the Suns pulled away and, and won fairly comfortably on Wednesday night. And that made Friday night's win over Dallas even more meaningful. I think so. And I think, you know, you kind of summed it up well. I, I came away from that game Wednesday um, more impressed with, with the Phoenix Suns and, and just how they were able to sort of flex their muscle in that fourth yep. quarter. And, and I thought it was less about, you know, issues with the Timberwolves. You know, they, they built that 13-point halftime lead. Um, things got chippy, you know, late in that first half. Uh, we've seen that fairly frequently over, over the last couple of weeks with the Wolves. But that's kind of become this team's identity. You know, they're not going to back down. Um, obviously, they, they've, been, they've been pushed around and, and opposing teams sort of have a certain uh, image of the Timberwolves and how they've been, you know, bottom feeders over the last several years. But this team, kind of led by Pat Beverly, has adopted the attitude that that is no longer the case, and they're not going to continue to get bullied and, and pushed around. Um, but I thought the Phoenix Suns, you know, in the in that fourth quarter on Wednesday, they just kind of found a fifth gear, and it was impressive to watch. But also, I think equally impressive that the Wolves kind of learned from from that loss and the loss on Monday in Dallas and kind of put it all together in a really complete and really impressive effort um, in Friday's win. I I thought Carl Anthony Towns summed it up well. Uh, I think he said something like they understood the assignment. And I I think, you know, last night's win was was important for several reasons. It kept you within striking distance of the Denver Nuggets and that sixth seed, certainly. Um, It it also just kind of got your confidence back after back-to-back losses. They hadn't dropped two straight since before the all-star break and then also you know they 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 got a, a win at home uh before they head out on the road for a week straight so you don't want to feel like you know you let those home games slip away when uh, like we mentioned the matchups don't get any easier away from home this upcoming week yeah, and what stood out for me for the timberwolves in that win over dallas on friday night you know terrific balance great contributions off the bench torian prince uh, jordan mclaughlin uh, both double-figure scorers off the bench in that game. and uh, I, I think when the Timberwolves have been rolling, they, they've been getting a ton of production off the bench, and we saw that, you know, 30 points out of those two guys. That, that's huge. It, it was huge, especially when you consider that both, you know, late in that first half, Malik Beasley and Nas Reed exited yep. with injuries. Um, and Malik actually did not return. He was ruled out pretty quickly coming out of the halftime break. I think Nas gave it a go briefly, but was mostly, you know, unavailable and ineffective. Um, so the status of those two guys kind of remains in question, but that's what makes it all the more impressive and, and important to see the efforts from, from J-Mac and from Torian Prince. Um, you know, they were two of seven players in double figures, all five starters, and then those two guys off the bench. 
And I think that's going to be huge. You know, you're going to need – you think back to memorable either, you know, Timberwolves playoff series or even if you're, if you're a fan that watches other action too, you need guys like Jalen Noel or Jordan McLaughlin to potentially come into a game and, and flip a game, you know, you know, turn the momentum of a game, especially in a, in a seven-game series where as the series progresses, each team kind of learns each other. Um, you learn how to defend what has worked well initially, then you counter that, um, and it all becomes kind of a, you know, a chess game where if you can bring someone off the bench and, and they can attack an opposing team's second unit and, and be effective, that's, that's huge. And, and I think the Wolves have that, you know, that second unit basically since early January, they've been a strength for the Timberwolves, and you haven't always been able to say that about this team in past season. So it's been a ton of fun to root for guys like Jalen Noel. We mentioned J-Mac and TP. Obviously, Malik Beasley has found the shooting stroke. Um, and before he got hurt, you know, Jaden McDaniels was also thriving coming off the bench and, and really being, you know, I made the chess analogy, being a chess piece or a Swiss Army knife in terms of all the different ways he can impact the game on both ends of the floor. So, Hopefully, you know, the, the injuries, it sounds like uh, Jaden is, is progressing from that ankle injury, and then hopefully the Malik Beasley injury is nothing too serious because they really, you know, it's, it's a different team when, when that second unit is mostly healthy and able to impact games. Cal Soderquist joining us uh, on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline today at Timberwolves Celtics. Tomorrow we'll be on the air at 4.30, tip just after 5 o'clock. Cal will handle pregame halftime, postgame duties here on the home of the Timberwolves. And, Cal, we want to talk a little more about one player in particular, and that's D'Angelo Russell. And there, Chris Finch, you know, mentioned we want to get him some good looks. We want to get him involved because there has been a little concern that, you know, D'Lo maybe not playing at as high a level as he maybe was earlier in the season. Yeah, we've seen we've seen. Yeah, I don't know if you'd call it a drop off. That might not be fair to D'Lo, but just the 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 shot hasn't been there. You know, he's such a valuable when you when you think of the offense and you think of how good Anthony Edwards is off the dribble, and we've even seen it from Carl Anthony Towns more. You know, when a especially a bigger defender tries to venture out to the three point line and obviously respect Cat's shot, Cat can take a guy off the dribble. And we think of D'Lo, maybe he's got that skill set certainly, but he's such a dangerous spot-up shooter. So when that, that shot isn't falling, um, it kind of takes away a dimension from that Timberwolves offense, or at least the ability for it to kind of fire on all cylinders. And, and I think D'Lo, you know, is so unselfish at times. He has no problem deferring to those other guys if they're the hot hand, but it, it sometimes works against him if, if, you know, he just doesn't get the shot attempts and doesn't get the looks. And then as the game progresses, he's maybe not in a rhythm um, to, to knock down those shots when, when he gets them. So it's, a, it's sort of a tight rope that the Wolves have to walk in terms of, uh, you know, they, they have so many weapons now offensively and they all need touches to kind of stay engaged. I thought uh, the team has done a great job as the season has progressed to, to find that balance. And, um, it, you know, when Chris Finch says, you know, pregame Friday that his biggest focus was getting D'Lo more involved and, I have, I have faith and trust in, in the coaching staff that they'll sort of devise ways to make that happen. And if that's a priority in the short term, that it probably won't be too long before they get D'Lo jump-started. I mean, we've seen it from him. Oh, yeah. He's instant offense. He, he can take over, you know, a four-minute stretch of a game 
um, and, and, and be the difference sometimes between a win and a loss. So hopefully it's just a matter of time before he has things clicking again. Tawant and Skin will be on the air tomorrow, 4.30 Timberwolves and Celtics. Then it's on uh, to play the Raptors. That'll be a Wednesday pregame at 6. And then, as you mentioned, the Nuggets uh, coming up next Friday. And then a bit of a breather with, with Houston. You're, you're, you know, uh, But it, nevertheless, we're coming up in the end of the regular season here for the Timberwolves rapidly. I mean, it is flying by. Yeah, and who knows, you know, that final week of the season, the, the caliber of opponent does, uh, you know, loosen up a little bit, and you never know if you're dealing with full rosters um, yep. in that final week if, if positioning is decided. But that's what makes this stretch, you know, in one sense, it's really important and, and a little, you know, there's urgency to, to play well against these top-level teams. But at the same time, as, as we watch the Clippers continue to plummet, I mean, they're maybe a couple days away from, from being mathematically unable to catch the Wolves for the seventh seed. So it's almost it, – it's, it's, it's not stress-free. Uh, certainly Wolves fans would say there's nothing stress-free about some of these games, but it's stress-free in a sense that the worst they can finish is seventh, and, and that means you know two home games, two chances to just win one game and make the playoffs. I know the goal is still to crack into the top six, and that's still very much on the table but there's kind of a safety net there in a sense. At least that's how I kind of see it. Um, and, and I think ultimately you look at all these tough matchups over the next week, and it's just an opportunity for some of these guys to gain more experience. You know, the players have said over the last week or longer, whether at the Target Center or down in Dallas earlier this week, um, it's a playoff-type atmosphere. And it's, it's super valuable for guys like Jalen Noel, you know, who – haven't played in the playoffs. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns obviously has only one series under his belt. Um, I think the same is true for D'Lo. So these guys are all just kind of cutting their teeth and, and getting used to, you know, getting that muscle memory set for what a hostile environment feels like, um, learning to execute down the stretch of close games. So I think it's all valuable. It all is going to benefit the team uh, less than a month from now when, when it ratchets up a notch and, and we get into that playoff mode. Now, Cal, I know you're in the studio, but you're still in the building, and uh, things have changed a lot at Target Center. It's a great atmosphere. The fans have really responded uh, night in and night out. It, it is a lot of fun. The, the the fans have really jumped on the bandwagon, and, and uh, Target Center's rocking. It's been incredible. I love to see that it's it's basically become you know the place to be, and I've I've read that even you know the surrounding restaurants and bars are thriving because of it. Yeah. Um, Suns head coach Monty Williams, you know, they were in town Wednesday. He went out of his way to say that that atmosphere was awesome. It reminded me of the KG days. He was obviously a player during during those years, so. It's really cool to see, and it's. I think you know the players are feeding off of it, and I think the fans feed off of the way the players play with that energy. So it's it's kind of a you know rising tide float all boats, and yeah. it maybe goes back to D'Lo challenging the fans, and I think the fans responded exactly the right way. Uh, it's it's just created an awesome atmosphere, and if fans haven't been out to take part in the game yet, um, they should they should certainly try to make it a make it a priority to do so if they're able. Yeah, get in the building, uh, Timberwolves.com for sure. And uh, we'll have the game tomorrow. Timberwolves-Celtics will be on the air at 4.30. Huge sports day. Uh, the huddle, 
Uh, we'll have Mike Max, Pete Nigerian, 10 to noon, and then the Twins and the Red Sox at noon, and then the Timberwolves later in the day. And Cal gets us started at 4.30. Always good to visit with you, Cal. Thanks. Yeah, of course. Anytime. Thanks, Steve. All right, there he is, Cal Soderquist. Does a phenomenal job. And, of course, Alan Horton on the play-by-play here on the home of the Timberwolves. 5-23. Quick break. We'll come back. We'll get you up to date on the scores. A lot going on. We'll check that NCAA Regional UMD trying to get to the Frozen Four again. 3A title game underway over at Target Center. Uh, that and and tons more later on. Oh, by the way, the Wild are home tonight. Monster local sports scheduled again. Uh, the Wild and the Blue Jackets and the Flower and Goal. We'll get into all of that with Dane Mizutani of the Pioneer Press at about 5.35 here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. Late in the game in Colorado, NCAA men's hockey. Denver leading UMD 2-1. to one. Later on, it'll be Notre Dame and Minnesota State. Winners today to the Frozen Four. Minnesota Golden Gophers play tomorrow against Western Michigan. And the other uh, regional finalist, Quinnipiac, against Michigan. NCAA men's tournament underway. Uh, First regional final of the day. And Villanova off to a quick start, leading Houston 14-6. Later on, Arkansas and Duke, the other two games coming up tomorrow, the winners on to the Final Four. So you're up to date on some of the scores there. Hey, we haven't talked a lot of golf today. Uh, the match play of the World Golf Championships, Dell Technologies match play in Austin, Texas. And uh, the quarterfinals, uh, Scott E. Scheffler beat Seamus Power 3-2, to two, or 3-2. and two. Dustin Johnson uh, beat Brooks Kepka. Two up. Uh, Kevin Kisner beat Will Zalatoris, four and three. And Corey Connors beat Abraham Anser, two up. And that sets up the semifinals tomorrow morning down in Texas. DJ against Scotty Scheffler, and then Corey Connors against Kevin Kisner. And they'll play uh, the championship match and the third place match in the afternoon. And it was hot down in Austin. 91 degrees when they wrapped up play today uh, down there. Quick update on the scoreboard. Boys State 3A championship game underway at Williams Arena. And it's De La Salle against Totino Grace. And they're tied at 13 in the first half. Later on, 4A title game, Park Center and Wyzetta. That starts at 8 o'clock. We'll have a quick break for the weather. And then we'll talk wild Marc-Andre Fleury in goal tonight for the Wild against Columbus. We'll get into all of that and more here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. Sports Saturday rolling along. Twins fall earlier in the Grapefruit League. to Atlanta 8-6. Twins and Red Sox tomorrow on the radio at noon. Huge sports day at 10 a.m. The Huddle. Pete Nigeri and Mike Max. Twins at noon from Florida. And then later in the day, Timberwolves and Celtics pregame. 4.30 with Cal, Alan Horton with all the play-by-play after 5 o'clock here on the home of the Twins and the Timberwolves. And joining us right now on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline, talking wild hockey is Dane Mizutani of the Pioneer Press. Dane, it's been a while. How you been? I'm doing well, Steve. How are you? Yeah, good. And uh, the wild uh, playing better right now. It's it, it's amazing what some moves can do for a club. And even though Marc-Andre Fleury hasn't played a game, uh, it's energized Cam Talbot, apparently. 
Yeah, yeah. And and to give credit to Cam Talbot, I mean, he's he was a little shaky there for about a month, I guess a yeah. few weeks. But, you know, even before the Wild trade for Flurry, he, he's been great. And I think he had won six straight at that point, and then he, he notched another couple of victories, you know, even after the trade. But I think you're right when you say the trades as a whole have kind of energized this group. I mean, you look at, you know, they look like a team that's ready for the playoffs now. It looks like they're ready for a playoff run. And I think that's something where you look at what Bill Guerin did is basically give the team a vote of confidence. Like, hey, I believe this team can go far. And I'm I'm putting my money where my mouth is with these trades. So it's a lot of the players kind of taking that onus back and, and saying, okay, he went all in. Let's Let's go all in for him too. Yeah, you get a veteran goaltender, future Hall of Famer, like uh, Flurry, but you you also add some grit and and some firepower on the blue line. Something this club was probably lacking, and now all of a sudden, two veteran goaltenders and uh, uh, a little bit different look. And and they they brought in also a guy as an enforcer. I know that's the term, maybe not used anymore, but nevertheless, so. Maybe other clubs aren't willing to take liberties against Kirill Kaprizov and Kevin Fiala, et cetera. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you look at what the Wild did at the trade deadline. Obviously, Mark Andre Fleury is going to get the headlines, right? He's a future yep. Hall of Famer, first ballot. Um, he deserves the headlines. He's spectacular. He's one of the best goalies ever. But you look at some of the more subtle moves they did, and it starts back to Tyson Jost two weeks ago from Colorado. He's a guy who's played a really, really pivotal role at the bottom of the lineup since coming here. And and then you mentioned Nick Delorier from the Anaheim Ducks. He comes in. He energizes the bunch with his willingness to, to lay a big hit along the board. And then obviously at the deadline, on deadline day, aside from Marc-Andre Fleury, the Wild acquired Jake Middleton, um, a big 6'3", 220 defenseman on the blue line. Um, you know, their size. It, it's something – the Wild weren't a small team because when you have Marcus Foligno, Jordan Greenway, Zulerickson in the lineup – you can't sure. be small. They, they play huge. But I do think, you know, those guys have taken such a role this year, you know, as not just a checking line. They they score goals. They make huge plays throughout the game. And, and you want them on the ice. So, like what you were saying, the, the addition of Nick Delorier lets Marcus Foligno not have to be the one to drop the gloves all the time. It, you know, it lets Jordan Greenway and Marcus Foligno stay on the ice and, and rather than sit in the penalty box. So it's little things like that, little subtle moves that show that this team expects to go far. Um, I think it's the most active the Wild have been at the deadline since I've taken over the beat, you know, six years ago. Um, and, it, and there's a reason for that it's because they truly feel like this is a year they could they could do something special. Now, on, on the flip side of all of that, there's a theory. Now two veteran goaltenders in Cam Talbot, Marc-Andre Fleury, Capo Kakinen, uh uh, was was sent away, and now it's kind of like, okay, you got a couple of guys. That how many years do they have left? Uh, ultimately, the Wild are going to need a goaltender of the future, and the thought was that's Kakinen, and now they've they've gone in a different direction. Clearly, yeah, and and I think a lot of that has to do with they got a kid, Jesper Walstead. Um, they drafted him in the first round this past draft. Um, he's like the best goaltending prospect on the planet. Like, granted. Now he's, he's 19, 20 years old. It takes a while for goaltenders to, to get ready, to be seasoned enough to get to that next level. But I think the addition of him and how he's been playing in the, you know, the top pro league in Sweden, 
you know, showed the wild that, okay, you know, he is our guy of the future. Nothing against Capo Cotton, and he was great for the wild in, in his career. Um, but there was a little shaky things here and there, and I think there were some games that, that look, you know, you look at him and you're, is he really a guy that we can build around when we have a guy like Jesper Wallstead coming up the pipeline? So, you know, it's not like Jesper Wallstead's coming next year. He's going to start 82 games for the Wild. He needs yeah. some more time. But Camp Talbot has a year left on his contract. If Marc-Andre Fleury is good, you know, for the next 20 games and into the playoffs, I think the Wild try and find a way to re-sign him. Um, so there, there's ways to get to Wallstead, uh, but right now these moves were definitely made to win now, to win right now and, and worry about the rest later. Yeah, and uh, with, with the club that has shown the ability to score goals, and granted there was that ugly stretch when there was goaltending's problem on the blue line, and it seems like they were giving up you know six, seven goals every night. Now, it wasn't quite that bad, but it, it was startling. And now at home, uh, to, to right the ship, big shutout win over uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. They get uh, Vancouver in overtime. Now they get Columbus tonight. Huge game with Colorado. Uh, and and uh, Colorado closing in on 100 points already. Then they get the Flyers and the Penguins before this long homestand ends. And the, the Wild are in a much better spot. I mean, it, it, yeah. it didn't look good for a while, Dane. No, it didn't, and they were hemorrhaging goals, you know, yeah. I think giving up four or five a night. Um, you can't win like that. Um, but I think the last two weeks, even before the deadline, I think the team did get kind of a kick in the pants even before the deadline. It was like, hey, we, if we think we're a team that can go far this year, we cannot give up four or five every night. Um, they've gotten a lot more committed in front of their, their own net in their own zone. Uh, you can score goals. Like, I think that's always been Dean Everson's thing, like, yeah, we want to get up, get down the ice. We want to get to the other side. We want to attack. But we don't want to sacrifice our own end to do that. And I think the Wild were doing that a lot of times in, you know, that two or three-week stretch where they weren't very good. They were trying to win games in track meets. That's just not how you win. And it's certainly not how you win in the playoffs. So I think the recent trend of the past two weeks, you know, they're 6-1-1 and in their past eight entering tonight. Um, I think they're averaging like two or three goals a game in that span allowed per night. Um, that's the recipe for success. You want to win games 3-2. You do not want to win game 7-6. And uh, Columbus tonight, and with Colorado looming tomorrow, big game tonight. You, you can't look past the Blue Jackets because they're NHL clubs. There's a lot of good players there. And and think about Colorado tomorrow at 5. They, they got to get the 2 tonight. Yeah, for sure. This is, I mean, they lost to this team two weeks ago. They lost yep. in overtime. They got a point, but the Wild deserved two, or probably felt like they deserved two. They were the better team for most of the night, but they let Columbus hang around, and they lost in the shootout. So, yeah, they're not going to overlook this team for a, for a second. Also, Mark andre Fleury is making his debut tonight. That's going to obviously energize everyone, spark them. Right. Um, I don't think anyone's looking to tomorrow when a, when a Hall of Famer is getting a nod between the pipes tonight. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I know during the morning skate there, there was a lot of social media activity and, and why not. It, it's one of those moments. It's, it's kind of like when uh, the Twins got Carlos Correa to play shortstop and, and the Wild pick up Mark andre Flores. You, you're thinking to yourself, is this for real? 
<laughs> because it oh, is yes. that big a move. We we talked about it earlier. First ballot Hall of Famer, you know, certainly one of the all-time greats between the pipes, and he's wearing a wild sweater tonight. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely a pinch yourself moment. Um, it, you know, this doesn't happen in Minnesota. It doesn't. Yeah, for sure. And and it feels like it's starting to happen with more regularity, not just in the NHL. And you know, you, you mentioned Major League Baseball. The Twins get Carlos Correa. The you know in the NBA, you know. The, the Wolves have Cat and Ant and, like, a core to build around. You know, the Vikings, they, they signed Darius Smith. But, you know, like, there's – there's it's a destination place now. And it, it's something where now that Flurry's in the lineup, it, it does feel like a pinch yourself moment when it happens. But now that it's happened, I think, you know, it'll be something where, okay, he's just in the wild uniform. I think that, that you know, star-struckness of it all will, will go away you know, as time progresses. But that being said, I'm looking forward to tonight. Like, it's going to be very weird to see Mark andre Fleury in a wild yeah. sweater tonight. So I think we should soak it in for what it is. Um, but it will become commonplace. He's on the team now. And I think everyone can kind of take solace in that as we get towards the playoffs here. Oh, Dane, always good to visit with you. Enjoy your work uh, online at TwinCities.com, in the paper, the Pioneer Press. Uh, good follow on Twitter as well. And uh, I, I always enjoy it when you join Henry Lake as well on late night. Thanks, Dane. Yeah, no problem, Steve. Have a good one. All right, there he is, Dane Mizutani of the Pioneer Press, joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Wild and Blue Jackets tonight. How about that? Oh, by the way, the Loons in action as well down in Texas. We'll check the scoreboard one more time and then say goodbye on a sports Saturday here at News Talk. A3OWCCO. Loons Idol this weekend. They get back at it on the second at Allianz. Uh, they will play Saturday night against Seattle at 7 o'clock and then uh, travel down to Texas before coming back to Allianz to get Colorado on April 16th and uh, Chicago in town at the end of the month. So three games at Allianz in April. Twins open in April at Target Field on the 7th. Twins fell to Atlanta 8-6 to in the Grapefruit League. Byron Buxton a good day. Good catch in center field. Active day at the plate. They fall to 3-7. and seven. They will play the Red Sox tomorrow at noon. Part of a huge sports day here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. The huddle. Mike Max, Pete Najarian between 10 and noon. Great guests. Uh, among their guests, I'm sure, will be uh, uh, related to the Boys State Tournament Championship Saturday. And then, of course, uh, Twins at noon. And then Timberwolves later in the day. They'll play the Celtics. Our coverage begins at 4.30 with Cal Soderquist. Then Alan Horton with all the play-by-play at 5 here on the home of the Timberwolves. So a big, big sports day tomorrow here on News Talk, E3-O-W-C-C-O. A UMD gets beat in the NCAA tournament. Denver takes down the Bulldogs 2-1 in that regional final. Denver on the way to the Frozen Four in Boston in April. Coming up tonight, Minnesota State and Notre Dame in Albany, New York. And then Minnesota tomorrow in Worcester, Massachusetts, takes on Western Michigan. Uh, The Gophers were able to win in overtime to beat defending champ UMass yesterday. And the other regional final tomorrow will be Michigan against Quinnipiac. And then uh, we've got NCAA men's basketball, uh, the first regional final of two today. 
and Villanova all over Houston, 27-18. Sonova, uh, number two seed, well on their way. And then later on, Arkansas against Duke. Can Coach K get to a Final Four? That is a late game tonight. The other two tomorrow, uh, including uh, St. Peter's taking on North Carolina. How about that? First number 15 seed to make uh, the Elite Eight. Also in sports, uh, we, we mentioned we had Dane on earlier. Uh, the Wild tonight against Columbus. Marc-Andre Fleury uh, will be in net for the Wild. How about that? And then I would assume Cam Tabbitt will get the start on Sunday at 5 against Colorado over at the XL Energy Center in St. Paul as this long homestand continues. Hey, want to thank a bunch of folks uh, for joining us here in the program uh, today. Out of that uh, Twins game at 3.30 here at News Talk, A3LWCCO, Jess Myers from the Rink Live. He was on his way from Massachusetts, and he said it was about a two-hour drive from Worcester uh, to Albany, New York, and then he's going to drive back for the Gopher game tomorrow. How about that? He joined us right out of the gate after the Twins game. Steve Carney took us outdoors. Brian Schnettler, why is that a boys basketball coach? Uh, the defending champ Trojans take on number one seed Park Center in 4A at Williams Arena at 8 o'clock tonight in the state championship game uh, over there at the barn. Uh, meanwhile, uh, big thanks to Chris Thomas, who covers uh, the Vikings for the Pioneer Press. Uh, he checked in on all the Vikings' moves so far. Still more to come. Uh, the draft looms. Cal Soderquist talked Timberwolves. Huge win over Dallas in front of a great crowd at Target Center when we previewed that game with the Celtics. And then, of course, uh, Dane Mizutani covering the Wild for the Pioneer Press. So great show today. And a big thanks to Kerry Klatt, our producer. Kerry uh, keeps us on time. Well, she tries to keep me on time and does the best she can on that front. 32 degrees here in the Twin Cities. It is sunny, and it's still windy. North winds at 17, goes to 30 miles an hour. For tonight, clear, low near 13. And then on Sunday, Sunday, not as windy with uh, sunny skies and 32 degrees. 42 on Monday, 42 again on Tuesday. Then the rain, sleet, and snow move in by midweek. We'll have the news in a moment. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.